0: It's time for you to be a part of the show. Email or call with questions for Dr. Mike now. Email Smith at RadioMD.com or call 877-711-5211. What are you waiting for? The doctor is in. All right, my first question. I read a nice article at LifeExtension.com on curcumin and how it may be in Alzheimer's treatment. But it didn't get into how exactly it does it, other than it's a good brain antioxidant. Can you explain how curcumin works? Great question. Yeah, this is um really some some awesome research for uh, turmeric and specifically curcumin. The, so the first part of this, yeah, uh, overall, curcumin's a potent antioxidant. It does cross into the blood-brain barrier, so it is a brain. It can be a brain antioxidant, and that's really important. Uh, because one of the one of the theories in Alzheimer's development is high levels of oxidative stress, right? Um, and, and, and by the way, there's probably multiple uh, causes of Alzheimer's. I mean, if I can just give you a laundry list of theories right now: oxidative stress, inflammation, uh, s- abnormalities in mitochondrial health or energy production there may be an infectious link with spirochetes hormonal i mean and, and then environmental like environmental toxins so most likely alzheimers is a collection of all these right i mean toxins can increase oxidative stress which can then in, influence inflammation and you, so you can see how all these are kind of probably working together which is why sometimes in medicine, it can be really hard to um, treat something because there's so many pathological processes involved in the development of the disease. And I think Alzheimer's is a classic example of that. So curcumin comes along because, first of all, it's a great antioxidant. It's a great anti-inflammatory, and it goes into the brain. So you're, I mean, two of those theories you're knocking, you're at least addressing with curcumin, right? But there's something else about Uh, curcumin that I found more uh, more interesting than just its antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties, and that was that it was able to stimulate the immune system in the brain. Okay, so when there's brain cell damage, that brain cell will often allow abnormal proteins to kind of be produced and leak out of it in in the in the context of Alzheimer's dementia we call those abnormal proteins that are leaking out from the damaged brain cell we call it that we call them uh, beta amyloid or amyloid beta and those abnormal proteins have a tendency to clump together and that is the classic Alzheimer's plaque now the key thing to understand though we the the abnormal protein plaques in Alzheimer's patients is a symptom of the brain cell damage. It's not the cause, which is why current treatments for Alzheimer's don't work that well because they're all focused on clearing the beta amyloid. Now, that can help, but it's not really treating the underlying issue. Well, here's where I think curcumin can be so powerful because curcumin is doing both of this. On one hand, curcumin is addressing the things that might be causing the actual brain cell damage oxidative stress and inflammation yet on the other hand it's also helping to clear the amyloid plaques so curcumin is kind of doing both unlike the current Alzheimer's prescription drugs which focus on just maybe clearing the the abnormal proteins curcumin is doing that as well as reducing the things that might be causing the brain cell damage inflammation oxidative stress so it's really exciting stuff So so just in general, we know curcumin is a strong antioxidant. It's a strong anti-inflammatory, so it's decreasing the actual causes of the brain cell damage. But how is it helping to clear the amyloid plaques, those abnormal proteins? Well, it turns out, as I said, curcumin does cross into the blood-brain barrier. And when curcumin gets inside the brain, it is able to attach itself to the abnormal proteins the amyloid proteins that have all clumped together. So you have a clump of amyloid proteins and curcumin itself starts to attach to it. The combination of curcumin and the uh, amyloid proteins, that combination when they're attached together, is enough to stimulate a type of immune cell in the brain called a macrophage that then gobbles up. It internalizes the plaque and is able to clear it people with alzheimer's disease you you, you might almost think a, a, another theory of alzheimer's dementia is that it's a it's a an immune an immunodeficiency in the brain somebody who doesn't have alzheimer's we all have some brain cell damage at times all of us make some of these abnormal proteins that spill out all of us have these abnormal proteins to some small degree clumping together but we have macrophages that are and they're robust and they're eating those plaques up so we don't really have the effects of it we don't experience the symptoms of alzheimer's dementia but in patients who have alzheimer's the plaques build up they're not being cleared which means the macrophages aren't doing their job so in a sense alzheimer's might have a, a an immunodeficiency component to it along with oxidative stress, inflammation, mitochondrial issues, infection, hormonal issues. I mean, again, it's multifactorial, but maybe a low-functioning immune system is something we need to look at in the brain of Alzheimer's patients because here comes curcumin along, which is able to reactivate those macrophages that were laying dormant, and now the plaques start to be cleared, and Alzheimer's symptoms can improve. Pretty fascinating stuff for one natural <coughs> excuse me, extract that comes from Uh, turmeric turmeric spice, turmeric. I always say turmeric, it's turmeric. So anyways, that's that's curcumin, and that's its role in Alzheimer's disease, at least what we understand today. Next question. I'm a 60-year-old woman, and I have been taking 5,000 units of vitamin D3 daily for over three years. I wear sunscreen daily as well. My blood pressure is always between 80 to 99 for the top number. There are so many opinions on what is a safe blood level for vitamin D3. I have even read that 80 to 100 levels are somewhat cancer preventative. Am I in the safe zone regardless of the cancer prevention claim? Thanks for answering, Cindy. Yeah, so... um. Uh, and I'm sorry. I think I I think I read this as my blood pressure is always between eighty and ninety. And it's the blood level. Cindy's blood level is already always between eighty and ninety nine. Okay. I think your vitamin D blood level is awesome, Cindy. If you have a, a vitamin D blood level between eighty and ninety, and that's eighty and ninety nine. I think that's good. Um, conventional doctors will tell you that's too high. That's dangerous. It should be around thirty four, but 34. A, a vitamin D blood level of 34 is enough to prevent the deficiencies, the, the diseases of vitamin D deficiencies like rickets. But you're not going to get any of the other benefits attributed to vitamin D at that low blood level. So the conventional blood level, Cindy, is too low. It's based on deficiencies. I, uh, personally, I keep mine right around 75 to 80. And I take 5,000 units a day as well. So I think you're spot on. 5,000 units a day, giving you a blood level of around 80 to 99. That's great. I think that's a good job. And um, personally, I don't, I don't. I wouldn't change it. Now, you, there's another interesting thing you say in here. You say that there are so many opinions on what is a safe blood level for vitamin D. You go on to say that I've even read that 80 to 100 is maybe cancer preventative. Yeah, you know there is some evidence showing that the higher the blood level, now you, you can't get too high. You don't want to, you know, over 120, that's probably too high. But somewhere around that 90 to 100 level, there's some good research, Cindy, showing that vitamin D plays a big, big role in supporting the immune system, which can fight those cancers. So I think you're on to something there. So I think your blood level is good. This is Healthy Talk on Radio MD. I'm Dr. Mike. Stay well.